Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, Razorback Nation. We want to welcome you to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast. Live from the Sterling Soap and Roastery Studios, we are part of the Believe in Buzz Radio Networks, where you can find us on all podcast platforms, as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, review our podcast. And all live streams are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. I'm your host, Porter Hayes, and alongside me, as always, is Jacob Davis. And our broadcast is brought to you by Bet Online, which you always find the latest odds, team info, player news, game trends, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. So head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use your promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And we start our broadcast and we go to the Meadows Lumber Hotline and bring in Big Game Boomer. Big hit on Twitter. Um, the love hate relationship, I would say, uh, I've been saying the past week about the uh, Arkansas fan base and, and all your graphics and best punt returner, best penguin eds in Arkansas, you know. So. Just welcome to the show and just tell us how you got your start and, and how much fun is it to be able to just go back and forth with all these different fan bases. Oh, man, I am. First, thanks for having me on. I know it's a crazy Sunday, crazy awesome weekend for college sports fans. But, yeah, I mean, so I am big game boomer. I'm People always think it's like a company or whatnot, but I am him, one <laughs> one person. So, um that that's me. And basically I started this, you know, people ask me all the time when I started this and basically it was in November of 2020. Um, I got in an argument with Desmond Howard. I just posted something under his, uh, his, his uh, tweet that he had and he just came after me. And then I, I went out, I went after him and that was in November of 2020. And so I had like 50 followers at the same time, but that interaction gave me like this whole like whoa this is twitter is really cool you can interact with famous these famous people and you know clap back at them when they clap at you and uh since then it's just one idea after another then i started making these lists intentionally to troll texas because i'm an ou guy uh, i had an arkansas <laughs> shirt on just because uh this is a pretty sweet shirt uh, with the hog on it but uh you know, I, I started it two years ago, and uh, here we are uh, today in 2023, and it, you know, it, it is what it is. You guys see the numbers, um, and, and it's literally just my opinion that I put out there. How millions of people have taken offense to it or like it, I don't know how it happened, but uh, here we are, and I'm on this podcast talking to you guys, yes, so uh, enjoying it. So how do you how do you deal with the people that you know when you get flack? And, and one of the uh, big tweets that you put out a while back was the sensitive, most sensitive fan bases in the country. Yeah. And how do you deal with the flack that that comes from the Twitter? You just have to laugh at it. I mean, because it's hilarious. The be- like I love college sports so much because of the passion that fan bases have. You don't see that in pro sports. I could I make a list. You you guys you follow me, and you see I make all kinds of different lists that some have nothing to do with sports, just have stuff to do with universities. Like uh, yeah, and like most and least sensitive. 
Um, <laughs> and every list, it, it's there, there's flack, but then there's teams that are happy, so they're going to retweet it, and coaches retweet it, and these lists end up on the USA Today or Sports Illustrated. Um, and it's just it, it's my my take, and it, it's it's crazy how much it how much it blew up, but. Um, yeah, like this list right here, the most sensitive Arkansas, like I've been doing this for two years now, <laughs> Missouri, <laughs> number one, least sensitive. <laughs> yeah. There. And that, that is one of my favorite things about Arkansas is the, the, they, the, the, the denial by the Arkansas fan base that Mizzou is not a rival. I love that whole, that whole interaction between Arkansas and Mizzou fans. I, I love that. But Arkansas fans literally Every single graphic I put out, every ranking, you can go into the mentions and you will see an Arkansas fan saying, well, what the heck? KJ Jefferson's number one. They think that whatever that, you know, their fan, but whatever the ranking is, Arkansas should be number one. And <laughs> that's true. It, it's true. And I, I mean, I love people think I hate Arkansas, but I really, I love Arkansas because they, to me, are the definition of an extremely passionate fan base that cares deeply about every sport and literally anything that you say about Fayetteville. And I think that's a lot of it has to do with the SEC, but Arkansas, there's no pro teams uh, in Arkansas. So um, you have just this entire state that really supports the Razorbacks. And uh, man, uh, it's fun arguing with with, uh, your fan base on Twitter because I can't wait to get to the SEC and uh, get some OU Arkansas matchups here in future sports. So when you're rallying up the fan base, and, and there's a lot of people who they they do that now. I mean, that's just part. They oh yeah, it's fun. So when when do you ever bet yourself on when you say something outlandish, and Arkansas is involved, like over under? All right, two minutes. There's going to be an Arkansas mention in you know in my tweet or a reply. Like is that? <laughs> Your go-to, that's going to be the first people who always respond, or is there another fan base that rivals what Arkansas does? I would say Nebraska is close. That That's why I kind of – when I saw it was the it was the regional two years ago when, when you guys knocked off Nebraska, Charlie Welch hit that bomb yeah. um, in the left field. That was maybe the best atmosphere I've ever seen in college sports, like even football and basketball – the hog pin was just wild and um, they're just so passionate. So it's uh, that, that's why I love like I, people want to always remember the bad things I say about Arkansas, but also say a lot of good things about Arkansas. I think Fayetteville is a great college town. Um, I know we can talk about the restaurant list, but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't. Maybe Arkansas lives rent free in my head because it is fun to with the banner with the fans. But but it's not. You know, I, I don't hate Arkansas, so it's all fun. But they're so easy to rile up. Like we said, we yeah. we've watched Jake Crane, we've watched Josh Pate, we've watched these people, Pete Thamel. We've watched a lot of these guys at the top know that it's so easy to trigger Arkansas fans, no matter what you're talking about. That I think, and I've told our fans, I've told our listeners, I've told Jacob, I've told myself, like, they are doing this for this reason. And we keep falling for that trap. It's like Charlie Brown that thinks he's finally going to kick the football this time. 
and somebody puts a tweet out or puts out something on Facebook and, all right, well, you're going to get them this time, and then you pull the football. It's like – and they just laugh because they're getting followers and mentions and getting publicity because they're falling for the same trap. Yeah. No, I think the, the one time where I was just like, I'm just – I just want to tick off Arkansas fans. It was after y'all beat Illinois – um, in the first round of the uh, NC tournament in basketball. And I just had a picture of Musselman and the score. And I was like, they got very lucky. And, <laughs> oh, my gosh, Arkansas fans were livid. Um, so, it, it's uh, – and and they love their head coaches. I mean, they are – the head coaches, I mean, they uh, just – those guys can't do any wrong. I mean, Arkansas may have, like, the three best – like head coaches, if you did like a, that's a good list idea, trio of head coaches with Musselman, um, Van Horn and uh, Pittman. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a solid trio. So, but yes, Arkansas fans are very sensitive and passionate. And that's why they're probably in my top five favorite fan bases. And we talk about the passion and stuff. Uh, and, and Arkansas, they have a reason to be passionate. Right now, they have a one of the best backfields in the country returning in the SEC. Yeah. And one of those guys was in one of your lists, the top returning running backs for 2023, Rocket right. Sanders, right beside or right behind uh, Quinshaw Junkins from Ole Miss. What do you? What impresses you about Rocket? And what makes you think that he is the second best returning running back in the country? Well, he had a great year last year. I mean, KJ Jefferson was banged up. They really just kind of put put it on Rockets' hands to to make plays and, and really do a lot more probably than most running backs. I mean, most running back rooms now are have like they've got like three or four guys that they're using. And Rocket was, I mean, I'd love to see the like the percentage of run you know rushes that he had versus the whole running back group because I bet it's a lot higher than other schools. Um, so I, I think he's a playmaker. I think the offensive line this year um, will be good. I, I, I don't I'm, I don't worry about the offensive line when Sam Pittman's the coach. So I I think the the duo here with KJ and Rocket is very strong. Um, I'm just a little worried about receivers for Arkansas. That that's my concern. I know you brought in some transfers, a uh, kid from Bowling Green, but I mean. Bowling Green isn't uh, in SEC. So, like, I thought last year Jaden Hazelwood was going to be that guy that that replaced Traylon Burks. That didn't happen. So, uh, KJ's got to be – he's got to be smarter. He's got to play, you know, because he, he, he you can't get hurt. Because you saw when he got hurt last year, I mean, I think the Mississippi State – because he got hurt. It was against Bama he got hurt. Yeah. And then you played Mississippi State the week after and just got, you know – um, annihilated yeah boat race by by uh yeah by state we, yeah, so, yeah. yeah so i think rocket sanders he has the ability every single time he touches the football to take it the distance and that's that's what i like about him i, I mean him and quenchon are two just studs that i cannot wa- wait to watch play this season and with everything coming back and now you're adding you know we had um we're talking about the you're replacing both. We're talking about Blake Rafino when you're talking about you know you're replacing both your offensive coordinator and your defensive coordinator. But your offensive coordinator's been here before, so it's going to be an easier fit. The transition's not going to be as bad. But you're now starting your first SEC game against LSU, opposed to Texas A&M. And what do you think? 
you know, especially them being in the West and having those games leading up to it, it's going to be very important to have a non-conference schedule like they have and then getting ready for LSU in Baton Rouge. Yeah, so if I recall, they play three non-conference games before LSU the first yes. week in um, late September. So they play BYU, I know, at home. So, you know, that I think I think Arkansas should win. They're much more talented than BYU. So, I, I, I mean, LSU, I think, is one of the best teams in the country this year. I think they're better than Alabama. But um, – you know, I, I, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Danny knows uh, what he does with KJ Jefferson because you know going from uh, Tagovailoa up in Maryland where it's more of a drop back pass type of offense, KJ it, he's he's the best when he's got the RPO run pass option and he's a threat with his legs. So I'm I'm very interested to see what he does uh, offensively this year with KJ and I, I honestly think Enos is a better coordinator than Bryles. I mean, Arkansas fans were not happy with Kendall Bryles last year. Uh, we weren't very happy with Barry Odom either. Um, so, uh, it, 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 to me, it, it it's very interesting to see. Uh, like, so many guys and, and there's so many changes with p- personnel and coaching. It's like, what's going to mesh? What's going to mesh the best? And, I mean, it's really just TBD at this point. We'll see. Um, how KJ adapts to a different offense because was he it has was Bryles there his whole career starting? I'm trying to think. Um, yes, because yeah, he wasn't he was. the starter, and then he got it a start at the LSU game, and then yep. he played all last season. Yeah, because they were so, talking about how it was going to be his first year with back to back quarterbacks with KJ. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's just got to stay healthy. I mean, he, he, you got to stay healthy, KJ. I, I mean, because. Um, you know, he could be, if KJ stays healthy the whole season, he could be a dark horse Heisman, uh, trophy winner. That's how talented this kid is, uh, when, when he's healthy. So we'll see. We'll see. Got, got, got a lot of question marks though, as, as does every team. Yeah. Well, with, with being a Heisman candidate, if he does become one, he's got to have a, a defense that lines up with him. Yeah. And I look I look at the defensive line, and you had Jashad Stewart as one of the uh, best uh, edge rushers in the country coming in. Arkansas has, you know, arguably some defensive uh, – a defensive line that could be very dangerous. Obviously, they had 39 sacks a year ago. Uh, even I mean, most of those – a lot of those were with Drew Sanders. But yeah. uh, I don't know how much you paid attention to that. Do you think Arkansas can be really active again uh, on yeah. the defensive line? Yeah, I mean, they picked up a solid uh, defensive end from Mizzou, Trajan Jeffcoat, who I think will de- – I mean, he, he's a solid player. Uh, I think – I mean, he'll probably start. Um, I, I think he's he's very talented. Uh, like, um, God, what's the guy's name? Torian Carter at D-Tackle. D- yeah. He's a big dude. Um, I, they got Tank Booker from Maryland, too. He's a defensive tackle, 6'4", yeah. 320. So. It's really to, – to me, it comes down to the secondary because that was the biggest issue last season yeah. for Arkansas. And and they've got talented guys in the backfield. They just were all banged up like last year. Like Jalen Catalan got hurt. Was I think it was like the first week of the yep. game. And like uh, I remember the first week of the season, Ben Bryant was just like torching – uh, yeah. quarterback since I was like torching Arkansas secondary. And I was like, Oh crap. I picked this team to finish second in the West. I, I'm a little concerned about this one. Um, so they, they got to shore up things in the secondary, but I also think the quarterback play is going to be down this year compared to last year. 
Um, Jaden Daniels at LSU, he's a very talented quarterback, but I'm not worried about him with the legs. I mean, Will Rogers going from air raid pro style. Um, I, I think that he's going to take a step back. And then, you know, Ole Miss, Auburn, I don't think any of those teams really have elite quarterback play. Um, even Bama. God, I was at that spring game, and the quarterback play was atrocious. It was horrible. that they. And then literally next week they got a, a, a kid, Powder Buechner, from the transfer portal. So, um, yeah, they, they got to clean up the secondary. Can't give up these big plays uh, like they did last year. So, we'll see. The, the biggest question, Ark, I have is the depth. Because if you look at the middle of the schedule, you've got – at Ole Miss on October 7th, at Alabama back-to-back on October 14th, and then you got to play Mississippi State at home on the 21st before you go to Florida, Auburn, Florida International, and then Missouri. And we've seen how the past couple years, depth has just really just killed Arkansas. When you've got linebackers out there that are playing half hurt halfway through the season, and then after the season they're having to go get surgeries or do, you know, they're not questionable to come back. How do you think, if you're looking at this schedule, I mean, that that daunted four-game stretch at Ole Miss, at Alabama, Mississippi State, and at Florida, what would be the biggest key for the team? Like, you're talking about question marks already in the secondary and the defense is to stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, they got to stay healthy. I – they play LSU tough. I mean, last year w- was a close game. I mean, they y'all gave LSU everything they wanted. Um, without K.J. Jefferson, too. Yeah, without K.J. Jefferson. Um, I still remember Harold Perkins from that game making that just ridiculous Four sacks. tackle. Yeah, uh, he's a beast. But, uh, I mean, last time that uh, that Arkansas was in, Fayette, or was in Baton Rouge, they beat LSU. But uh, I think this LSU team is very talented. A&M. I, I like. I feel like, in my opinion, there's LSU, then there's Bama, then I, and I think Mississippi State's the worst team. But every other team is somewhere between three and six, and it could easily be interchangeable just by a couple of these outcomes. Um, so, I mean, you got to play Florida and Gainesville. I think Florida's going to be very bad this year, but winning in uh, winning in the swamp is never easy. Now that game's late in the year, so maybe Florida's kind of checked out already. But um, you know, I, I see. I mean, what they went seven and six last year. I could see nine and three, eight and four. Um, Ole Miss, I think, is going to be challenging. Uh, Auburn at home. You guys struggle with Auburn, but uh, I, I think that should be that should be a win. Mizzou. <laughs> I, I love this rivalry, it, but uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. It really, it, those games at the end of the year, everyone, there's so many teams are banged up. It's hard to predict what's going to happen. But, uh, I, I mean, I think Arkansas, as long as KJ is healthy, they're going to have a fighting chance in almost every game. What do you think is the deal with – you see Arkansas, and I want to bring in Texas A&M and, and Missouri to the, to the front right quick and – you know that Arkansas has had a better team. They just can't seem to get over those humps. They yeah. can't seem to beat Missouri. And you're talking about the rivalry. And here in Arkansas, it was more of the fact that it was a forced rivalry. They made this trophy. But yet, the more they play and the more Missouri beats us, the more that you have to accept that it's it, it's a rivalry. And you've yeah. got to, you know, and, and – it's the fact that we know we're the better team, but we still can't beat them. 
watching football as long as you have, what what do you think the biggest thing is why they just can't teams that you know they're better and they just can't get over that hump, whether it's Arkansas or, or any school? What, what do you think goes into that? I mean, I think a lot of it has to go into recruiting, but it certainly there's a mental aspect of it. And, you know, uh, Arkansas fans will blame what, whatever the, the Chad Morris years do, do not count uh, on Twitter, <laughs> according to Arkansas fans. So <laughs> they, uh, they, I mean, it, it, that, that, that's their excuse. Um, so you just, Pittman's got to keep recruiting well, building a strong culture um, and, and just giving, you know, the team, the belief that they can go in and win these close games and, um, and that I think that when you get to have that belief that you can win, that puts you over the hump. Uh, whereas going to these games, I feel like sometimes they're not that confident, um, especially in the Missouri game. That that game was just was terrible to watch. Um, so I, I just think Pittman's just got to keep doing this thing and keep installing the co- com- confidence in his players because um, I think his players love to play for him, and you, you know uh, he can de- take them to the next level. And that that's something that Arkansas has struggled to do. You look back into the uh, 2015 season with Brett Bielema coming off a seven and six record and a Texas Bowl whipping of uh, Texas that year, and then they come on and and they lay an egg against Toledo, and then they lay an egg against Texas Tech, and you're thinking, man, Arkansas was just right there knocking on the door to yeah. to be back to the Bobby Petrino level of success, and now now they're trying knocking on the door again, like last year. You go from nine and four uh, uh, in the regular season with a bowl win, and you're thinking, okay, Arkansas can go win ten games. They had a heck of a transfer portal haul last season, and then they go and lay an egg seven and six last year. Yeah, like with with a new offensive coordinator and with a new defensive coordinator, uh, Sam Pittman saying that he thinks that the culture is back to the 2020 to the feeling of what the 2021 team has. How much of a culture, how much of culture uh, does it take, honestly, to take Arkansas to the next level? Because obviously, you know, you think about the recruiting. The recruiting is almost to that level, top 20, 20 wise. And you have such a great uh, transfer hall, too. How far off do you think Arkansas is from taking that next step? I think they're close with Sam Pittman. I mean, a team that kind of reminds me of kind of in the same situation, but they're in the you know, another, the, the other division is South Carolina with Shane Beamer. Gr- I mean, great guy. Players love playing for him. And, you know, South Carolina was in the dumps really at the same time as Arkansas. And every, his two years that he's been there, they've continuously gotten better. And uh, I, I know last year didn't go the way that Arkansas fans and myself thought it would go. But, uh, you know, I, I, you just, sometimes teams get the, catch the injury bug. And it derails the season, and I feel like that really happened to Arkansas last year. I think they're out there. I think they. How many one-score games did you guys lose? Because I remember the A and M game. I was at the OU um, K State game the night. I was watching the, that game in a tailgate, and uh, I mean Arkansas should have won that game. Should have beat A and M. At um, least three. Yeah. So, I mean, same thing with OU. Like, OU had five games last year where they lost by one score. So, it, it's just it, – it's the – God, it, it's the littlest things that, that can get you the win that just you – know, if you instead of going nine and three, 
seven and five, you go nine and three. That's huge for recruiting and just momentum going into the next era, you know, of recruiting and seasons and, and whatnot. So I, I think I, I am a big fan of Sam Pittman. I, I love everything about Sam Pittman. I think he does everything right. Um, and, uh, well, I, I think, you know, he's the best thing that's ever happened to Arkansas football in a long time. How, how big of a year do you think this is with Texas Snow you coming? Like, you've got to get ahead of the curve. I mean, the magnitude of this year and getting things set this year, whether you're ready for it or not, because, you know, you think about it. Yeah, you've got this year in the bag, but you when you got Texas Snow you coming in the league, you've already got to be looking to your future because you're not going to have K.J. Jefferson. So how yeah. huge is this year for Arkansas? To and my, I think that this is a prove it or shut up year for Sam Pittman. If they go six and six again, then you're going to say, okay, maybe 2021 was a special year, um, back to kind of the standard norm. But but if they go eight and four, nine and three, which I think they definitely can, um, then I think it's a positive outlook. You're, you're you're going into a new SEC with much more confidence uh, than you would, uh, you know, coming off a six and six year where you're just banged up and teams are just throwing the ball at will on you. So um, this is a very important year for Arkansas um, because because of what happened last year. And you know, talking about looking forward to the 2024 season, you aren't a big fan of continuing the eight game schedule. <laughs> Go yeah. go into detail about that, and is it a coward's way out, mostly for Arkansas and the teams that were against the nine-game schedule? Yeah, no, I, I think it was a coward's way out. I'm, I mean, SEC is all about competition and playing the best, so why are we playing the Citadel or UT Chattanooga in late November when, when you know, every other team's playing big conference games? Um I, I just – I think that it's an unfair advantage to play eight conference games. I don't care that the SEC is the best conference, um, it, it, you know, in college football. But if you want to play the best, there should be an extra conference game. Um, we've been saying it for years because, um, like, I'm sick and tired of seeing – and fans are just not going to show up to these games where you're playing you, you, these little small Arkansas Pine Bluff you know, schools, they want to see good games. And um, I think once ESPN comes in, it's like, hey, we'll give you guys more money if you do a nine-game conference schedule. That's what I think will ultimately lead to it. But worrying too much about these these small, these other SEC schools, you know, they need that extra game to get bowl eligible. A lot of them do. Um, I, I just think I think we're catering to the teams that, you know, we're, we're saying basically – it's okay to not seek out the toughest competition. Um, and, yeah. so, and I know that, in South Carolina's – I know in South Carolina's defense, you're talking about the Citadel and stuff, Clemson and South Carolina are state they're, – they're locked in. They have to play an in-state school every year to give them money. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's yeah. a bad game. And I understand what you're talking about doing it in November like Alabama does it every year. It seems like they always get a bye before LSU and play in Nickel yeah. State before Auburn. I'm with the nine game. I think if everybody else is doing it, you can't hang your hat on, we are the best conference, it's the SEC stuff, but then when it comes time to 
put up or shut up, you're like, well, we're going to stay at eight games. If you, because yeah. the outside looking in, and that's why I was glad we had you on the show because you're a guy that is looking on the outside in when it comes to the SEC. Is we can hang their hat and they're like, okay, look at all the money, but the rest of it, when they made that decision, I felt like three fourths of the nation was laughing at the SEC because they're like, you had your chance. Now you want to stay in an eight game, especially with adding two more people in. I think it, and I don't know if it was a coward's way, but it's just like you should have went to a nine game because you're going to give more people more games. You're bringing in more teams, but you're still staying at eight eight games. I just think they're that arrogant of thinking they're the best conference. I don't think it's a coward thing. I think they're the Greg Sankey is just that arrogant when it comes to the SEC is the best conference. And we don't need to, so why should we? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with your point there. I mean, it, it is what it is. I, I wish that it would be a nine-game schedule. And if you like, if I'm fine playing FCS schools and giving them money because I think FCS programs are great, let's just do these games the first like three weeks of the season. I mean, yeah. let, let's let's not let's not be playing these games in late November when college football playoff rankings are coming out every week. I just I hate it from a competitive standpoint and uh, just, I mean, I think it, this was just for the 2024 season, so it could get renegotiated, but, but I am not happy with this eight game schedule at all. I hope OU, if they're going to play a, you know, slippery rock or, or whatever school um, that, that they do it at the beginning of the season and not adapt to what the rest of the SEC does. Cause I just, I, I I've hated it my entire life. I think it's ridiculous. Well, what, what, real quick, what do you think of the fact that when OU comes, because I'm, you being an OU guy, the fact that OSU won't plague you when, when you come to the SEC? What's, what's the thoughts from the O? Of course, I know it's going to be big brother, little brother deal, but yeah. what, what is your take the fan out of it when it comes to the fan bases? But when it, you are going to lose that game, what does it mean to the fans that this game won't be played once they come to the SEC? I don't think it means as much to the fans of OU because I think they're more concerned about having the Texas game every year. I mean, look at the the all-time record between OU and OSU. It's like 117 OU uh, over OSU uh, all-time. Um, honestly, I think OU would play Oklahoma State every year if they had the opportunity Oklahoma State doesn't want to play OU yeah that's what I was getting at Oklahoma yeah. State decided they wouldn't do it yeah, yeah I mean because why would you want to play OU if you're Mike Gundy <laughs> it's only going to set you up for failure you want to you know when you're talking to recruits you don't want to have that you know bedlam game where you lost again um you know on your resume when you're talking to recruits so Oklahoma State wants to probably be as far away from OU as possible uh, in the world of college athletics. So we'll see. I hate that it's going away, but I'd really I say I hate that it's going away, but I, I would honestly rather be in the SEC than play Bedlam every year. Yeah. Well, BGB, we appreciate you being on, man. Uh, tell us where you can find you on Twitter, and and we'll get you out of here. Absolutely. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Big Game Boomer. I'm always doing stuff. And uh, shout out to Penguin Eds. I don't know why Arkansas <laughs> fans hated it so much when I put it there. That is a good barbecue joint. You didn't say Wright's barbecue. Uh, I'm go. Hey, my son <laughs> loves Big Red. The, you know the, the mascot. Yeah. So 
I'm, we're going up to Fayetteville in a couple of weeks. I'm going to eat Reich's barbecue, and then I will say if it's better than Penguin Ed's. So well, if you're going to stay there multiple days, you got to go to Wright's barbecue, and you got to go to the Catfish Hole. That, that's two places that you are must. In and JJ's. JJ's. Yep. Yep. Know about JJ's. So. We appreciate you coming on, man. We'll definitely yep. chop it up during football season, you know, and especially when OU comes into the SEC, we'll definitely have you on again. Absolutely, man. Right. Anytime, y'all. Just uh, give me a holler. Jacob, you know where to find me. Yes, sir. All See right. you, Boomer. All right, y'all. Right. Right. Thank you. Well, that was big game, Boomer. Uh, yeah, loves to rile up the Arkansas fan base, and we're going to talk about that more. And we're going to be catching you up with the baseball game. It is in the middle of the fifth, 4 nothing Arkansas. We will catch you right after the break. At Fordham Lee Distillery, our bourbons look as amazing as they taste. A delicious, high rye bourbon aged over six years. Fordham Lee is a company founded on the principles of great folks and spirits worth remembering. Look for Fordham Lee brands at Walk-Ons, Liquor World, Busters, and soon everywhere in Northwest Arkansas that serves fine spirits. Fordham Lee Bourbon says please drink responsibly. 21 means 21. Fordham Lee Distillery, blended and bottled in Middletown, Maryland. Attention DOIers and home improvement enthusiasts. Are you searching for the right tools and the supplies to tackle your next project? Look no further than Metters Hardware Store. With locations in Ozark, Alma, and Clarksville, our vast selection of hardware and building materials is sure to have everything you need, whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or building a new deck. Most of our knowledgeable staff is always on hand to offer expert advice and guidance. And with our competitive prices and convenient online ordering, Metters Hardware Store is your one-stop shop for all your DIY needs. Visit us today and let's build something amazing together. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Searching for premium brewery products that will take your daily routine to the next level? Look no further than Sterling Soap Company. Our handmade soaps, aftershaves, and balms are made with only the finest ingredients that give you the ultimate grooming experience. With a variety of scents to choose from, there's something for everyone. Plus, our products are crafted in small batches to ensure the highest level of quality. So why wait? Visit www.sterlingsoap.com or visit our retail store at 16 West Walnut Street in Paris, Arkansas. Shop our collection and discover the difference for yourself. Upgrade your grooming routine with Sterling Soap Company. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They are located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. 
But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company, come for the drinks and stay for the friends. Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our history and experience to get the results you deserve. Contact the law offices of Robertson Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's 479-782-8813. And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk Podcast. We was going to break into the baseball game real quick, but we had some uh, breaking news come over the break, and it seems like uh, Connor Vanover has changed his from ORU, and he will be coming back to the SEC and going to Missouri. J- Jacob, what what are your thoughts about uh, Vanover landing in Como? Well, I mean, uh, Connor, I mean, uh, Connor uh, wanted to go on somewhere where he could play some big-time basketball, and he also wanted to, uh, or Missouri also needed a big, and they finally got one in Connor. Obviously, Connor's an unconventional big, but he's uh, – I mean, he's a big for sure, stretches the floor for them. And I think it's a nice ad- addition there for for Missouri. Uh, you know, I, Connor, you know, didn't have the success that he wanted at Arkansas, obviously. I mean, he, he spent two years of Ar- at Arkansas and had like a really good uh, first game. Uh, he has like scored 26 points against uh, whoever, whatever team Arkansas opened the season with in 2020, 2021. But he just never got into the uh, role, uh, you know, a role of things. Had a couple of flashes there, uh, thing against Mississippi State at home uh, a couple of seasons ago, and just never could get in the rotation. But uh, big time addition there, and he played really well this past year uh, for a, a Oral Roberts team that you know they got bounced early by Duke, but they were they were very talented. Uh, had won like twenty three or twenty four games in a row going into the NCAA tournament. Uh, and a lot of that was because of Connor Vanover's uh, uh, con- uh, contributions. So yeah, big time for Connor, and and hope the best for him. Except when he plays for Arkansas or plays against Arkansas. Yeah. Well, I mean, in-state kid, you know that's the thing. We still got to yeah. root for him, you know, that because it wasn't like he left on bad terms. No. I mean, we just seen that the playing time wasn't there. He wants to go, and that's the, the thing about the transfer portal. That's what makes it so great. You knew you weren't getting the minutes that you wanted. Go somewhere where you can prove it. And look, he progressed. He got better at ORU. Now yep. landed him back in the SEC. Opposed to, hey, let's stay at Arkansas where I'm going to sit. I mean, that's the thing. You, people got to remember, these kids love ball. Ball has been their whole life from the second or third grade or kindergarten when they even start playing ball now. And they got to realize, that, I mean, that's that's a huge part of their life and just take it away from them when they're used to – when you get right. to college ball, you're used to being the star at your high school. Then you get in high school and then things kind of, you know, come to a halt and you're like, wait a minute, you know, I I love the game, but I'm not getting to play as much as I thought I would get to, and now you have a chance to go. So, yeah, good good for him. You know, we'll see him probably twice, you know, or maybe one. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll see how that goes, but – 
Definitely. But back into the baseball game, man, 20 to 5 the game beforehand. And um, I, I've never seen a baseball player go off and have a basketball type performance. But Trey Richardson had 11 RBIs, two grand slams in that game against, I mean, 20 to 5 game. And uh, they're playing uh, Arkansas out and play Santa Clara right now, bottom of fifth, four nothing. But. Man, just talk about that game and just how quickly it got away from them. It it was away from them before it even got started. Uh, I was I was at work at the time when it started, but I was also following along on my phone. And I look over and they had the bases loaded, and and you're just saying, okay, you've got one out, just get a double play, get out of this inning. The very next pitch was a grand slam, and I'm thinking, okay. It's for nothing. All right. It's it that's not an ideal start. It's gonna be all right. Well, then it ends up being uh, you know, six six nothing by the end of the second, and then in the third, you know, Trey Richardson, he done they done batted the whole lineup twice in the first three innings, and Trey Richardson goes out there and hits his uh at the in the second at bat goes and hits a second grand slam of the day, and you're just thinking, man. This is not good. <laughs> this, is, this is not good. It, it felt like uh, the second game of the season all over again. Obviously, Arkansas was tied four to four in the fourth inning uh, with TCU in the second game of the season. But I mean, they smashed everything. And Hagen Smith was a first team All American, and and they just hit him like he was a he was throwing like fifty five mile an hour uh, lobs over the plate. Like yeah. they were just hammering everything. And it's not like Hagen Smith was alone because uh, the other day Hunter Holland was out there with the most consistent pitcher of uh, of the season for the Hawks. He gets touched up by Santa Clara, didn't yeah. make it out of the third inning. And you know something's going on. I think a lot of it has to do with you're you're playing the 64 best teams in the country. Uh, even if you know you think you're stepping back out of SEC play, where you know it's one of the hardest leagues to to win in. And then you're, you know, going in thinking, okay, we can we can take a little break here. You gotta stay, you gotta stay focused. And and the pitching staff, I don't know if there's focus because Brady Tiger didn't even look like himself. I and mean, obviously it's just four to nothing right now, but I mean, even he even he's been shaky a little bit. Well so, it's postseason that, I mean, ball. It, what's that? I said it's postseason ball. You look at Clemson, you look at yeah. Auburn, you look at Indiana State, you look at all these teams that are out national seed. This is what the difference in when it comes to baseball as opposed to football or basketball. You don't have yeah. your same guys every game. No, you got to have a two and three, four pitcher that can go just like your one. And if he's not, look at the. I go back to that year that cops had that was amazing, and they rode him till the end. And what happened? He got touched up. Somebody who yeah. was just. Almost immortal. It could never happen. He could never get touched up. Nobody would ever hit off of him. And then North Carolina State just ropes him. And his very last pitch at Arkansas was a home run. So, I mean, it just Mm -hmm. tells you that anything can happen when it comes to the game of baseball. And, you know, the fans that are like, this always happens to Arkansas. And it happens to everybody. They don't realize how tough it is to make it to Omaha. It is ten times tougher to make it to Omaha, and this regional is just like making it into the field of sixty-four. I mean, okay, you can get in, but to make it into your regional and host and all that, it's like making it the Sweet Sixteen. 
You know, it's hard. You got to be a top 16 seed national to host a regional. And then you're getting the best twos, the best threes, and the best, you know, not the best fours, but I'm saying you're getting these two seeds. Like Tennessee was a two seed. That they're a good, solid two seed. They went into Same Clemson yeah. and and roped them, and then Clemson ends up getting beat by Charlotte and getting beat out. Look at Auburn. I mean, they got beat out. I mean, it, oh with two, <laughs> oh with two a barbecue. Oklahoma State, another team. You know, it happens in baseball, and and so, but you know, we're so quick to jump on these bandwagons, but we're so quick to jump off. Like they they got beat twenty to five by TCU, and it's like, oh, season's over. I know this always happens to to Arkansas. Dave Van Horn can't do this, and, that. and I'm just like, where's the faith? That there's no faith. It's 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 game to yeah. game fandom is all it's become. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, yeah, TCU's just kind of raked them, raked them over the coals like twice this season. But who's to say, like, yeah, they've scored what 38 runs against Arkansas this season. They've scored 36 in this regional alone. Like at some point, their bats are going to go cold, just like Oklahoma State's did last year. I mean, they were a overwhelming uh, number one uh, seed, and then Arkansas was blessed to to um, uh, be able to turn the bats on when they did and, and got out of the regional and made a made a College World Series. There was a point last season where it looked like in the postseason, Arkansas was not going to make it out of the Stillwater Regional, and what do they do? They did, and they did it with solid pitching and also the hitting. The thing is, I mean, that's how the way TCU is hitting Arkansas right now is the same way Arkansas did Oklahoma State last season. And and Arkansas was a two seed, and, and this is what, you know, Arkansas was a really good favorite as a one seed this year, and now they're getting a hot two seed as well, which, you know, I wish Arkansas could find a New Jersey Institute of Technology or a Central Connecticut State <laughs> right now anyway in, the, in their regional. But, you know, uh, you know, it is what it is. You're playing the 64 best teams in the country, and, and uh, you know, it's all about getting hot at the right time, and that's, that's the whole thing about baseball. It happen any, any given day. Anybody well, can beat anybody. And you go back to that North Carolina State Series. How bad was that first win? Arkansas 21 to 1. 21 to 1. Throttled them, and they're like, "Oh, we got this in the bag. We're, we're we're going." And then North Carolina State comes back and beats you twice. Look, we play in three game series all the time in the SEC. How many times do they drop game one? I mean, it happens. And then you come back and you win game two and three. You all you got to do is come back and double dip TCU. It's not the end of the world. Not saying it's going to happen or whatever, but it's like you don't hang up the hat right now because. The people that are the ones talking loud us now about, oh, this always happens, I guarantee you if Arkansas double dips TCU tomorrow, they're going to be the ones that were like, oh, I was with him. I was with him all along. I knew they had it in the back. This is their year. But they go from this is their year to Dave Van Horn always chokes. It just gets, like I said, it gets tiresome and it gets to the point to where fandom is a, it's like a Groundhog's Day or 51st Dates. It's like you wake up and then we're just starting all over again. Yeah, and I talked to uh, Dave and Horn's uh, mother-in-law and sister-in-law in the store the other day, and they said, yeah, we're nervous about it. I don't know how nervous Dave Van Horn is, but, you know, they, they said they were just nervous because Arkansas has so much uh, uh, things going, out, so much going for them right now that they didn't want to slip up in the regionals. And they said, you know, they, they were playing two of the hottest teams in the country coming in with, with Arizona and and uh, TCU coming into the regional, 
they were nervous for Dave Van Horn and the Razorbacks. And, and it, it is kind of, it's kind of interesting being able to hear it from a family perspective uh, towards a coach, because, you know, you know that families have feelings too, especially at the coaching level. And, and you don't ever want to see you. You always want to see your family be successful. I don't know if I could ever be uh, in that situation where I'm thinking about it all the time. Like, man, what's going to happen if Dave Van Horn and Arkansas doesn't get out of this regional? Like, what is going to happen? Like, all hell could break loose. <laughs> but, but, but my point is this, and this is a question I want to pose. We've talked all the second half of this season about. Well, look what they've done with the injuries. Look what they've done with these injuries. They've lost half their team, and look how far they've made it. Why can't we keep that same energy when they lose? Yeah. You know, if they don't make it out of the regional, instead of, man, look what they've done with all these injuries. But when they lose, we're going to stab them in the back. We're, we're going to be like, oh, it's a choke job. It always happens. But yesterday, it's like, man, I can't believe this team. We said it last week. I told you. Yeah. This team has got to this far, and I think fans' perception, they need to make it to the Super Regional. But you can't hang your hat if you make it to a regional and you're a top 16 host, you're the number three team in the nation with all the injuries, you've, especially at pitcher, and you've got another guy out, hole out, there's another injury. But if you drop the game today or you drop your games tomorrow, all that's going to be lost because it's like, Let's focus on what this team has done with the injuries and how far they've come. You got the coach of the year, and then you're just going to piss on them if they get beat. Like I, that's what I don't understand when it comes to this. The fans is why we got to just we want to ride on the fact of look how stoic they are. But as soon as they falter, you're just like, well, that's them. We we are who they thought they were. You know, it's like. I don't know. I just wish it'd be different sometimes. Like show yeah, you gotta you gotta be on one side or the other there. Like you can't you can't just be striding the fence of saying, Man, this team has done so much with injuries and then just say, Well, that that's right, you know. That it, it's stupid to be it, it's not a it's not a healthy uh, thought process to to manufacture each day either. So yeah. Yeah, but did, but uh, we'll go to we'll switch subjects real quick before yeah. we end the show. But did you not see that? You know they're playing Santa Clara. Did you not see the video that his mom actually lives in Harrison? Isn't that crazy? That That's a small world that they're talking about, and it's weird how something like this always seems to happen. Like some off the wall, like I said, small world thing brings them together. But he's like, his mom lives in Harrison. And his mom actually got to come watch him play. I'm like, how cool is that? And she's a Razorback fan. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you know that has to be an awkward conversation to be like, hey, mom, I'm going to come see you, but I'm playing your Razorbacks. <laughs> you know, it, I just, but I did think yeah. that was the coolest thing. And I know one thing, these four seeds that come in, they know that if they bow out 0-2 or you look at Santa Clara's right now playing Arkansas again, they love the experience and – Everybody who's come to Arkansas, that's one thing you can say about the fans is they've welcomed them with open arms. They've almost been like a big brother kind of type to the team. They still talk about that uh, Central Connecticut State team. Like, they still follow them, the New Jersey team. It's like they pick up a new fan base. Whichever team comes into Fayetteville, they Arkansas adopts them and keeps following them. I really think that's a really awesome 
caveat to the whole trade. The it, fans. It's almost a tradition. Yes, it is. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind uh, adopting Santa Clara. I, I like having family in California. Mm-hmm. I've never been there, but I feel like it'd be a, a good spot to go vacation on, especially if uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know if Santa Clara is on the beach or not. I don't, I'm too lazy <laughs> to Google it or anything. But well, uh, that, you know. that where Coach Must played. No, nah, he played at San Diego. Oh, I but, thought he played at. Who was it that played at Santa? Cl- I thought I thought he played at Santa Clara. It was, was Jason Kidd. Didn't he play at Santa Clara? It was either Jason or was it Kidd Steve or Nash. Steve Nash. One yeah. of them. Somebody in the comments do it. Not I'm too lazy to do it. <laughs> uh, while we're on the subject of basketball, we got a uh, number one tra- available transfer that's in the portal right now, visiting Arkansas this week, Thursday and Friday. Man, the meltdown that was from Alabama fans when I reported that Arkansas <laughs> would have Grant Nelson in for a visit on Thursday and Friday. And I had Bama fans in my mentions, delete your stupid tweet. You're wrong. And I'm like, bro, I, yeah. chill out, man. You're getting the visit. You're just, you're just, just going to be earlier than Arkansas. Like, yep. And they ended up, they're like, no, he's coming Thursday. He's coming Thursday and y'all get him Friday. Like no, so Grant Nelson is he's going to be uh, uh, in Fayetteville on Thursday and Friday. Hopefully, Arkansas is still playing in the Super Regional that day. Um, and then uh, Tuesday he'll be at Baylor. Uh, yeah, Tuesday he'll be at Baylor. Then he'll go to Alabama uh, for a Tuesday evening, and then leave on Thursday morning to come to Fayetteville for a Thursday afternoon and Friday. So this. Let 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 me tell you the magnitude of an addition of somebody like Grant Nelson would be huge for Arkansas. Ron Holland would have pushed him to maybe top five. Grant Nelson will push them to top five because you know the unknown is what would Ron Holland's game how would it transition to uh, college basketball? We know what you're getting with Grant Nelson. You have a guy that's similar to a, tra- a Trevin Brazil, a guy that that is very athletic, can can drive the lane, has really good ball skills for a uh, 6'11", 235-pound forward. He can also stretch the floor and shoot the three. Like, any, like he, he shot 33% uh, his sophomore year. He kind of digressed a little bit but shot better uh, in two points. He was, like, nearly automatic. He's, like, 61% from two and about 28% from three last season. I think he hit, like – 75% from uh, from the line. But the magnitude of Arkansas getting this guy, you, you're no longer just a lock to be top 10. You're a lock to be a national championship favorite, and you're a lock to be a, a preseason top five team. That is how big Grant Nelson is. Averaged 17 points a game, nine rebounds uh, last season for the Bison at North Dakota State. I think that would be a great addition to Arkansas and gives them a dimension of, of – absolute absurdity like I, I am oozing at the mouth like, like foaming at the mouth just thinking of the kind of offense that eric musselman will be able to employ next season like that's how excited i am yeah and he brings size i mean that's 611 size but he scored 17 on arkansas you know five or nine yeah. shooting and um i was pulling up his stats um just a second ago i mean he averaged almost a double double that is yeah. a, we've said that when we were talking about the postseason play and what you needed to get to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, you need somebody who could come in every game and give you a double-double. That's the type of player. Not saying he has to do it every game, but you got to have a guy who every game that can come in that has the size and can give you a double-double every game. And I think that that is – he could be one of them ones – 
the guys if he decides to come to Arkansas. And yep. he's familiar. He's played at Arkansas. He's played against the guys. So that that's what you need. And for everybody, you know, jumping up and down because Arkansas's went big and guard heavy. I mean, that's just what this team is. I think that's what we they got had to learn to, to accept that that's what this team is. That's what Musselman wants to do with this team. And how can you argue when you've been to two, two Elite Eights and a Sweet 16? I mean, how can you argue with those results? Yeah. You know, I mean, but the thing is, like, there's people complaining that he's bringing in five guards. He has to replace the ones he lost. Yeah. Dad, gum it. Eric Musselman's lost Anthony Black, Nick Smith, Darian Ford, uh, Walsh. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jordan Walsh. He's lost uh, uh, Ricky Council, the fourth. He's lost all these guys that he had to replace them in some yeah. way, some form and fashion. Luckily, you get Devo back, so you're you're not completely losing everybody in your front court. But goodness gracious, like everybody around the country is like, man, Arkansas just offers everybody. Well, they got to replace the five that they well, lost. They're producing. I don't care. He's recruiting <laughs> at a high level. I don't give a crap how many people he targets or how many guards he brings in. Even everybody that I have people in my mentions every day that are Arkansas fans that say he's bringing in too many guards. What's he doing? I don't care. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's the importer, <laughs> and he's bringing guys in that are going to be a fit. He's going to bring a. He's bringing in guys that are going to be able to shoot. You know how many times we've been lacking the shooting ability on this team? Lots over the past two seasons when you only have J.D. Note and Anthony Black and Ricky Council as, as op- offensive options. Like Arkansas has struggled at the three-point line the last two seasons. They've struggled at the line last year, and they're bringing in guys that are going to be almost guarantee bucket getters. Yep. And that's what Arkansas needed this year. So shut up and 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 either and ride the must bus or get off. Yeah. I mean, all he's done is went twenty-five and seven, and then twenty-eight and nine, and and, and then he had a drop off and went twenty-two and fourteen. But you still made it. To the Sweet 16. The Sweet 16. You still made it to the Elite Eight two years in a row. and But that's that's what the results are. It doesn't matter if he if he brings in seven, five, nine guys and he gets you to the Elite Eight or Final Four. I mean, that's what you want. That's what you want to do is get produ- wins. And he's doing it. I don't think it, yeah, it's just like these people who question Dave Van Horn. The dude's been here 20-something years been the coach of the year three times, and you're the number three team in the country. But th- why did he do that? Yeah. There were humans. I mean, He's not going to be perfect, but it's like, no, I don't get it. I don't get like it. you have you have guys fans complaining that okay, he, he we don't have any shooters. But then Eric Musselman goes out there and gets shooters, and you're mad about it because he's getting uh, too many guards. It doesn't matter, like. He's getting guys ready and a roster ready to go and compete in the SEC and for a NCAA championship. That is the bottom line. What Eric Musselman wants, and he's having success doing it. And it's—I don't care if it ticks off everybody in the country. Uh, I know that there's going to be some Alabama fans sad because they didn't get Grant Nelson. Yeah. Well, and it does, but that's the thing. Everybody's good, but everybody's happy about it when they're winning. Everybody's oh, yeah. praising Musselman and then. Talking about how good he is when when they win, you know they go deep in the SEC tournament or they go to these elite eight runs or, you know when they're running on a four game winning streak. I mean he's the best thing since sliced bread. But have them lose, 
And it goes it, just like what we were talking about with yeah. the baseball team. It always reverts back to, all right, start from scratch. Start from square one of the fan page. All right, we're back at page one. Oh, we're they, they're horrible. They choke, and then let's turn the pages as the the year progresses. I mean, that's just how this goes, and it's the same stuff every year. And I guarantee, you, even if they want to, I mean, they would win a national championship, and then if they go eight and four the next year, that national championship is not going to mean anything. Well, well uh, it doesn't matter. You know, he he didn't know what he was doing. That was a fluke. You know, it's just it. Some people are just still want never a championship. Happy. <laughs> they're never happy. I know. <laughs> somebody somebody has to complain about something. Yeah. Porter, it's you ready good. to close it up? Yeah, we're ready to close it up. Uh, yeah, right <laughs> now we got bottom of six, four nothing Arkansas leads, 2-2 count. Uh, Santa Clara is at bat. If they win this game, from what I've seen, I mean, on ESPN's website, uh, they will play at 2 o'clock tomorrow. They will have to play TCU twice if they get past Santa Clara tonight, what we call a double dip. So, um, hopefully they get past this and they double dip and we're talking about Super Regionals next week. We have another huge guest coming up next week. We're going to announce that sometime during the week, so a little teaser. Uh, we really want to appreciate Big Game Boomer coming on, and as always, we are brought to you by Arkansas Brewing Company and Bet Online, and we will catch you next week. Go Hogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.